Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Well, I want to talk about how you are not your trauma. And one of the things that's really hard to to understand when trauma is so big and loud, it's hard to feel like you're not your trauma. And so I want to give some reasons why you're not your trauma and then also the things that affect you as a person and your identity because of unresolved trauma. So starting with like how you're not your trauma. So you are, I, so let me just start off with saying, I believe that there is a God who loves us deeply, who created us, um, who designed us a certain way and that the way he created us is our identity is not wrapped up in necessarily like all of the things that we were formed in and how we look and um like our talents or anything like that i actually believe that it's based out of us being um his children and so yeah that sounds kind of weird maybe this is new to you and maybe this doesn't seem you know like fitting for you if it doesn't go ahead and just continue to listen because i won't stay on that super long but i just want to give you a basis um you are created uniquely and if we you know understand that our foundation of who we are is how we were created as his children that foundation is unwavering so any other foundation can be moved you can say my identity is i'm so-and-so's husband or so-and-so's wife or like i do hair or i do you know whatever um i'm so-and-so's mom all of those things are subject to change do you understand? Like all of those things are not your identity. You can even say, oh, I'm like spunky and I'm joyful and I'm, you know, cranky. All of those things are subject to change, right? Like even for me, um, I, before I went through the betrayal trauma, I was a lot more like bubbly and lively. I've always been a very, what it was, what do I get told I am a lot? Like I'm very, not rough around the edges, but I've always been very, um, punchy, like in general, but I've always also been really spunky because part of my personality type is really spunky and free and vivacious and like, um, and whimsical. So I have that portion of my personality. However, after going through trauma, a lot of that changed. A lot of that became, you know, uh, muted because of the trauma. So I need to set that base first that you are not your trauma, but trauma definitely affects you. If you don't know what your base is, like who you are, then when trauma kicks in, you won't know what's real. Like you won't know what's truth for you. And you know, that can be really hard when you're trying to grasp for something that is solid and secure in yourself when you don't know who you are after you've been completely traumatized. So with that being said, let's talk about the effects of trauma. What happens to us 
when trauma happens. Um, there's a lot of science behind trauma and how it affects your brain. And you could do brain scans and actually see how it can shut down certain parts of the brain. I know um, years ago, I lost vocabulary like for a time. I would stutter through lots of things. And I remember thinking, what's going on with me? Why am I forgetting simple words? Or I like couldn't get the words from my brain to my mouth. Now, every once in a while, you'll notice that I struggle with that. I'll pause and try to figure out what was the word that I wanted to say. And that doesn't happen like it did. Like it happened way more years ago. So I've had a lot of healing from the trauma that I used to have in my vocabulary part of my brain. Um, you know, also with trauma, we, we have, you know, how it affects our relationships. We could have had an experience in the past that today is affecting a relationship right now. And this relationship may be nothing like the relationship from the past, but this past trauma um, is affecting how this relationship is playing out. So for example, um, let's say that you, um, let's say that you had been abused um, as a child and your, your, let's say it was your dad. Okay. So then your dad like makes certain eye movements, certain like body language stuff. And um, you, anytime you see something like that, subconsciously, you get in a state of hyper arousal. And so, and hyper arousal is just basically your body's like, <gasps> uh, you know, it, hyper arousal can be good and it can be actually a negative thing too, because it's feeling unsafe. Um, so let's say then as you get older, then you marry somebody and they maybe do similar gestures or maybe they do like certain facial expressions that trigger that trauma in your body. Well, when that happens, it doesn't mean that this person that you're married to is doing the same thing that your dad did and abusing you, but it is triggering that. And your body will respond to how that, you know, trauma plays out. Like it, it, how it will respond, it will react until it's healed. And so when you've had years and years and years of that reactive response, what starts to kind of take root and form is an embodied belief that you are this, like you are, you know, worthless, or maybe it's, you know, I can't trust anybody. There's so many things that happen to us and our identity when we're traumatized. And so one of the big things that I've discovered with my clients and even myself is I got really educated on a couple different things. I got educated on parts work. So this is like where you learn about different parts of you. And there's, there's definitely a couple books out there that you can read about parts. Um, but I, but I don't want to reference that. What I kind of want to reference is what I've actually seen in my business. Okay. So what I've seen in my business is a person that is traumatized, uh, that hasn't healed the trauma, that part of their emotion, their spirituality, their, um, uh, 
capability to grow up, all of that becomes stuck at whatever age that that emotion and that trauma was not processed. So what does that mean? I'm going to tell you what that means. That means that the person who has been traumatized, so let's say it was like a five-year-old, okay? The five-year-old is traumatized by something and there's no one to process that emotion through it. There's no one safe to work, to bring safety from that trauma. Um, There's no one helping them process those feelings, that person will become stuck at that age. No joke. Don't believe me? Well, we can talk about that. (laughs) So um, basically, until that emotion, until that trauma is processed through safely and brought out of that deep, dark aloneness, that person will keep having those trauma triggers, those um, emotional outbursts, the hypervigilance, seeking safety, but can't find it. And then ultimately, if that part has been pushed into the dark for so long, um, you'll find this is where people tend to be wanting to take their life or they start to medicate with drugs and alcohol, sex, food, gambling, whatever you want to identify for medicating. And so this is a really sad thing about it because when you don't understand that it is just a part of you that has been deeply alone and traumatized and stayed alone in all of that trauma, when you don't realize that you start to think that this is who you are, that I am this, this part of me that was traumatized and stuck and it's just not the truth. And so how do we, how do we undo this process of trauma with these different parts? Well, number one, um, you have to be willing to go there. And that's really hard for a lot of people. I, and myself at times, right? Like, cause I'm still in process too. It doesn't matter how much work we do. We still are in process. There's things that get revealed in our dreams. There's things that get revealed in, you know, triggers that we didn't think that we had, that we do have. There's process, but we have to be willing to go there. And it's hard because a lot of people don't want to go there. The belief is if I go here, there's a couple things. Um, I won't be loved if you know what happened to me or what I did. Um, I can't handle facing that. Like that will be too hard for me. That will be too painful for me. Um, Some of the other things are just lack of awareness at all. Denial. There's a lot of different reasons why people don't, you know, get help. I've heard even people say for many years, oh, like getting therapy is for 
you know, you're, we're not supposed to get therapy. Therapy's for the weak and blah, blah, blah. Um, actually, therapy's really for the strong. Getting coaching is for the strong because you really have to sit in your crap. It is so hard to sit in your crap and have to face it. It's like, it's painful. So that's number one. You have to be willing to go there. You have to be willing to face it. You have to be willing to get into that deep pain and allow it to be and to sit with it. And here's the thing about that, okay, on a positive note. If you choose not to do that, you're going to continue to medicate. You're going to continue to eat. You're going to continue to gamble. You're going to continue to sex. You're going to continue to drug, you know, whatever it is. You're going to continue to do that because you can't really allow yourself to feel that pain. But I got to be honest with you, you're feeling that pain anyways. And plus, you're bleeding all over everybody else in the process. Can I just be honest? But can you imagine in 15 minutes, if you were willing to allow yourself to go there, just really fully feel it all the way down to the bottom. Can you imagine that the, there's possibility that you could heal in 15 minutes? Now, that doesn't mean that everybody gets healing in 15 minutes, but I've seen that. I've done sessions where I was like, um, wow, I guess we're done <laughs> in 15 minutes. Now, there's other pains and traumas to work on, but maybe the one that they were medicating with sex was, was you know, they were able to bring that right in or, or with alcohol or drugs or whatever. They were able to really open up where that was. Once that is discovered and you allow yourself to go there, that pain will actually fizzle away. The trigger from that will be gone. That neural pathway completely dissolved and a new one being created because you're building a new one in connection. Remember that we do these behaviors not even because we want to, but because these parts of us are so alone and disconnected from us and God and others. So in order to see that that's really what was happening, we have to be willing to go there. Okay, number two. Um, once the defenses are off, staying with the emotion until there's a shift. So having, having the ability to stay with, within the emotion is interesting because a lot of times we, like, for example, let's say that, um, let's say that you had been, uh, molested by a family member. Okay. A lot of people, they will, their brain will try to justify why it happened. So they'll say, Oh yes, like this happened to me, but you know, they're really a good person. Like they went on change their life and blah, 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 blah. And then that's where I have to come in and say, okay, like, that's great. I am so happy they changed, but can I have that right now? Can I have that part of you that wants to, you know, justify and give grace to them right now? Cause like, I think the part of you that is extremely wounded by the abuse needs to have a voice right here. 
And so letting down those, you know, justifications and spiritualizations, like I, I, I've seen it even with wives that have been betrayed with sex addiction. They'll say things like, I, I'm too afraid to go there with him because um, I know that he had abuse in his childhood. Well, that's great and all, but he's also abusing you right now. And so being willing to separate out those two realities, like, and sitting with that negative reality without bringing in this positive, you know, spin on it, that takes strength and we have to stay with it until it's done. Number three, um, being okay with process. So sometimes um, it's like, it is like an onion layer. You know, you have to keep pulling the layers back until you can get to the root. Sometimes it's quick. And however the process needs to play out is determined on your willingness. Now, as a coach, I will, I'm, I, I get pretty honest, you know, I'm like, okay, this is like, this is bad. You know, when you're, when, when clients are sharing with you very difficult things and they're struggling to really sit in that, it's usually because they're not really facing the negative reality of the situation. And so sometimes that takes a process. Sometimes they're not willing. Like I've had people who say, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to do that. And that's okay. Like they can choose to do that. However, however, even though it is a process, um, it can be really hard because that takes longer sometimes. And clients can get frustrated about that. You know, um, when we're hurting and we don't want to hurt anymore, or, Maybe we've done things to our own body that has stopped us from being able to feel the way that we should feel, like the natural feelings. And sometimes that's a process. And so accepting that, like, I'm in process. I'm in process. And then the final thing is with trauma Really, every time we come together, we're really undoing that level of aloneness, that deep, dark aloneness. And once that aloneness is undone, there's something called a transcendent state. It's like the, the aha moment. And I love when those happen because I know that that there's healing that's about to take place. There's a shift. And what that looks like is usually all about identity. Like, wait a minute, this isn't who I am. This is just what happened to me. Well, no wonder why I did this, but that's not, that's not the true me. This is the true me. And so as you know, as you're working through and facing the trauma, you can actually get to who you really are underneath all of that. It's not like you're not there. It's just that there's been all of this stuff piled on top of you. It's like, I think about 
um, you know, if you're on a bed and you just have all these pillows piled on top of you and you're pulling one off by one by one by one and each one reveals a part of who you are after you pull the pillow off that's how it is like the pillow was never who you were it was just something that was laying on top of you And we have to be able to love those parts of us that are, you know, uncomfortable. And a lot of reasons why we don't want to do that is because they do things that we don't like. You know, they, they yell at somebody or they cry too much or, you know, um, they, they have, you know, anger outbursts with their body. As we can move towards and love that part and get curious with it, and I get so excited, like I have a session after this, and I'm so excited because I get to be curious with another person and learn about them and understand them. What makes them tick? What is causing them to do the things that they're doing? When you have somebody that can sit with you and love all the parts of you, even the ones you don't like, it is incredible. The healing that proceeds is amazing. And you have to be willing to love those parts yourself first. Because if you can't, if you just hate it, if you just look at the part that you don't like of you and you just hate it so much, it's going to keep acting out. It's going to keep doing the same thing it's been doing because it needs to be known and, and heard and seen. And so when we push that away, then we go into that shame cycle and then we don't connect to our true self, like the person that God created us to be. Because we've got all these parts that have been fractured and damaged and cut off from us and dissociated and and they're, or they're somewhere else. and but we're still connected to him somehow, or we're missing something. And then when we're needing to heal that part, if we shame it and we push it away, then we don't get to heal that part of us. Sometimes these parts of us, they feel so separate from who we are. Now what I do is I'll say like even yesterday, I was in my own processing group and I said, I know I'm talking from a part right now and I just need to say whatever. Like, I just, I just need to speak from this part of me that is angry. And it was loved and cared for by the people that were listening. If there was judgment, I didn't know it. And to be honest, for me, I don't really care so much anymore. <laughs> like I'm totally okay if other people judge me because I understand that's their process. Their judgment has everything to do with them and nothing to do with me. And so anytime we move towards a part and love on it and be curious and being, you know, loving to whatever we find, then and only then can we get to that place of transformation. You see, it's not about, you know, I'll just push it away until 
Hopefully it just goes away someday. It just doesn't happen that way. As much as we all would like to dream and hope, it doesn't happen that way. And then when we do push it away, the voice that we hear the most is the trauma. It's not the spirit-led self. It's not our core self. So with that being said today, you know, I just want to leave you with a question. Where are you at with your trauma? Is it guiding you as your identity? Or are you recognizing that that's what it actually is? And there's a part of you that is just needing some attention, but also that you have an identity that is not wrapped up in your trauma. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach. Dot life dot coach.